0: Okay. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. We express our praise and gratitude to Allah Ta'ala, and we seek blessings on the prophet, may peace be upon him. So continuing uh, uh, our, or finishing off our, our conversation on the attributes of the people of taqwa, we left off with me asking, can you name anything that you are absolutely positively, without doubt, certain about. Anyone want to add anything else? I think uh, we had Sana, who said very, very casually and forthrightly, death. I'm gonna die. Uh, Anyone with anything else?
1: Maybe that I know that my sister is alive because she's right next to me and breathing.
0: Are you sure she's alive? Are you positively sure? Are you sure you're alive? It doesn't sound sure. (laughs) So, you sure you're not part of, uh, uh, you know, like I mentioned yesterday with with, uh, others, uh, that you're not part of the Matrix and your sisters are just this ongoing lifelong illusion? (laughs) Any other thoughts? Anything else that you are absolutely certain about? Ready okay, so. Wait,
2: wait, okay, wait, how is this? That I have a sister.
0: You're sure she, you, you have a sister?
2: Or like whatever, but she is, she is a person that is somehow,
1: or <laughs> this like. Does that, this is that sound
0: remotely sure?
1: <laughs> I am absolutely certain that there is time.
0: You are absolutely positively certain that there is time and that it's not a construct. That's right. You are absolutely sure.
1: Well, time is a construct.
0: (laughs) Okay. When you guys start shaking, you say, well, then that's not certainty. Uh, Hiram says absolutely sure that there is one God. You are absolutely sure. Yeah. so people of Tukwa, in fact, Iram, I won't hold you to, to, to be absolutely certain, okay, people of Tukwa, we said they have yaqeen certainty of the hereafter. of the akhirah. and I do such a good job of misspelling everything here after. Okay, so <clears throat> how would this be gained and how would this be illustrated? So how would we gain this and how do we manifest this? Let's just write the whole sentence so people don't get confused. You know, it's interesting when I asked what are you all absolutely certain about? Nobody said that they're absolutely certain of the hereafter. Uh, So let's see, how do we gain certainty? And how do we gain, how do we live certainty? Okay. Now, what's the difference between certainty and belief? So Iman versus Yaqeen. And think back to how we translated Iman and how we... Uh, uh, versus how in our contemporary culture we often translate iman, and so <laughs> yeah, Descartes, Descartes didn't work. Okay, so <laughs> iman is 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 essentially we commonly in our culture we translate iman as this is something I take as true, but I can't prove it, right? And when we're saying in in this Quranic paradigm, this Quranic world. We're saying that iman is to be so secure in the truth of something okay, that it spreads around. It's not wrong to speak of iman as simply as as faith, but in the context of the people of taqwa to have iman, it's we're saying that they're secure in its truth, and so here. What is YAPIN? They embody doubtless focus. Okay. And action. Okay. Now, this is actually going to sound very much uh, like the same thing. Okay. But <clears throat> what is it also? The emphasis here is that it's shown in action. So I can have iman in the unseen, that there is Allah, that there's angels, jinns, the future, and the hereafter. But except for the part with Allah, it's not requiring me to have any action. It's requiring me to just be comfortable in my heart about it. When we're talking about certainty in the Quranic context, we're also speaking of, of necessary action so i can have potentially yaqeen in allah yaqeen in in the um, in the quran and such so sorry okay so how do i gain certainty we're going to uh, answer that second <clears throat> so the people of taqwa when they have certainty of the hereafter, what does that mean? That if you look at how do they spend their day 24 hours straight, okay, it is the behavior of someone who is focused on the hereafter. And what are they focused on? They're focused on the fact that they're going to be held accountable for their lives. Okay? They're focused on the fact that this world is just temporary. Okay? And so that's a simple test for every single person in, in, in this class right now. Uh, ask yourself, so mashallah, you know, all of you are here to, to learn to explore the, the Qur'an and inshallah, you're getting rewarded just for the time that you're putting in, okay? Now ask yourself from the moment you woke up until now, okay, Uh can you say honestly that that was a non-stop process of focus on your hereafter? And this includes everything else that you're doing. Maybe some of us are working. Maybe some of us are taking care of the house. Maybe some of us are taking care of the children. Maybe some of us are taking care of parents, so forth and so on. That would be included because okay, this is not someone who's praying, you know, um, the, 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 the five daily prayers nonstop. Okay, that's, not, that's not our tradition. So you're someone who's still in the world, but your focus is nonstop on the fact you're going to be facing a law, on the fact that this world is temporary, on the fact that you're gonna be held to account for for all the choices you've made in your life. And this also includes moments where you have have not done uh, proper action, but then you immediately followed up with seeking forgiveness. And so that's what the people of Taqwa are. The people of Taqwa have reached that point. Now, this is not a command in the Quran that all of us have to be like the people of taqwa. What we're instead being told, this is the best type of person. This is the person we should or could, you know, live up to or aspire to become. To become like the people of taqwa. Of course, taqwa is not easy. A student sent me a note yesterday saying that yeah, that she realized that taqwa is, is, is difficult. It is and it isn't. And, the re- and it is, but the reason why I'm saying also it isn't is because we do a whole bunch of other things that are more difficult than Takwa. Like being a parent is more difficult than the process of developing taqwa The more kids you are, even the more difficult it is the process of developing taqwa and so this is a certainty, this, this is how to live it. So basically, how do we live it? It's 24 seven, including my sleep becomes part of my taqwa. Okay. And so how, so I'm keeping my sleep under, if I have taqwa I'm keeping my sleep under control in the sense of, of when do I break it, for what, so forth and so on. Okay. And so everything else, diet, conversation, the words that I say, the things that I do, and two people you might have one person who has taqwa one person has no iman no taqwa whatsoever and from the outside you may not if you follow them throughout their day you may not even be able to tell which one is which a fundamental difference is in the intention now another way to well actually let's get back to that. 2nd let's answer this next question this next question is how do we gain certainty It's not going to come by arguments, so let's let's put uh, let's put a dotted line here so it doesn't get confusing. Will not come intellectually. It comes from increased ibadah. And think about how we defined Ibadah. Sometimes I leave an age. sometimes I don't. <laughs> how do we define Ibadah? Uh, linguistically, we said that it's to give your most extreme love to God. So so think of all the different ways you, you focus your love. I hope everyone told their mothers, either if they're alive or not, uh, a happy Mother's Day. And I hope all the mothers have been told uh, uh, happy Mother's Day. But the, the point here is that it's to give your most extreme love and then in action, what is it? It's to obey Allah on Allah's terms. Yeah. So two narrations to help to help get a sense of how to develop Taqwa. Let's stop this share for a second. And then, um, and I always forget which zero it is. I think it's the uh, 15. all the way at the end. Ah, yeah. Okay, so the very, Surah 15, the very last ayah. Surah 15, Ayah 99. Okay. So, worship Allah. Worship your nourisher until certainty comes to you. Although here, a commentary is certainty is death, but certainty comes to you. Okay. So we're saying, what is the key to developing certainty? It's increased obedience of Allah, like the daily prayers, like fasting, so forth and so on. That's the actual key to certainty. And so where does that affect you? That affects you in your heart. And then another narration, if we go here, this is a Hadith, we call this a Hadith Qudsi, and a Hadith Qudsi is where the Prophet, peace be upon him, is saying that Allah is saying, right here. So we'll go through the translation. Allah says, whoever shows enmity to a friend of mine, so the Muslim equivalent of a saint would be a wali, okay, a friend of mine, then I've declared war against him. Okay, So if you have someone who is that close to Allah, and then you start abusing that person, Allah is turning against you. Okay, so that's a whole conversation on its own. And then look at this right here. Actually, most have yeah, the whole rest of it. Okay, my servant does not draw near to me with anything more love to me than the religious duties I have obligated upon it. Good. So, so what are we saying here? That you know, uh, can someone explain to us briefly what are the love languages? What is the whole idea of the love languages? Everyone know, like there's essentially five love languages. Oh yeah,
3: the five love languages. So. Uh, it's basically that everybody experiences or expresses love in a certain way. Yeah. It's it's the more, I mean, we, they all affect us, but some of them are more effective for some individuals. Like for example, words of affirmation, acts of service, um, physical touch or physical affection, uh, gifts and quality time.
0: Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. And so thank you for that summer. So, so the basic point is that uh, when you have a beloved and you want to express love, they they need to receive it in a particular way. And so as, as Summer mentioned, as Dr. Summer mentioned, that any of the five methods may work, but one is often far stronger than the others. So according to this, what is Allah's love language? Because my servant is brought near. Drawn near. Here. Action. Anything more, love it. Action and a specific type of action. It's obedience. Good. This is Allah's love language. Okay. And specifically, or we could say the acts of worship are Allah's love language. The acts of worship that he himself prescribed. Okay. And then look what it says. Okay, so so basically, my servant is not, nor, is not drawn near to me with anything more love to me than the religious duty. So to put in simple English, what are we saying? That Allah is saying that if you do the farḍ actions those are my most beloved and that's how you come closer and closer to me and then if you do the nuffle which are the supererogatory the the additional voluntary type actions then my servant continues to draw near to me until i love him and when i love him i am his hearing with which he's he, which he hears a sight with which with his, with he sees the hand with which he strikes the foot with which he walks and if you were to ask something of me, I would surely give it to him. And if you were to seek refuge with me, I would surely grant that refuge. And so this is the key to develop certainty, to develop yaqeen. It's those five pillars to do the mandatory of the five pillars and then <laughs> to do the, the additional that we, which we call the sunnah, the nafal acts and so forth and so on. That is the key to get it closer. Now, does this negate things like character? No, the Prophet or Allah Ta'ala has also informed us through the Prophet peace on him that we have to have upright character as well. That would also be included in this. Otherwise, it's a contradiction. You can't have you can't have good belief without having good character. But that is the key to developing certainty, to developing yaqeen Just like we saw in the very last ayah of Surah 15 now what does that mean suppose i have these intellectual questions that i'm wrestling with like how do you have you know why do we have suffering in the world what you know how do you reconcile free will and predestination for some people that's going to make their growth of faith difficult because it's going to seem like just a gigantic question as you increase your acts of worship the questions might remain but they're not going to make or break your faith anymore they'll still be on your mind, but they won't be as necessary for you to have them answered. But that's the formula. How long will it take? This depends upon the person. And so thus, when we see the attributes of taqwa, we said that the second one was that they established salah. Right. And so salah, the daily prayers, are the foundation of all of this.
3: I have a question. Go for it. About the developmental process of worship so i know sometimes there's pressure like you know my my parents will advise or people advise like do this and you need to do like this stuff for me or my husband and sometimes i'm cognizant of him as a convert that i feel like there's a developmental process where it's not necessarily like do it all or you know from a to z but it's like starting Mm -hmm. like the person kind of has an organic developmental process in that right
0: yeah i would agree wholeheartedly with that Uh, especially with converts, but anyone who is at whatever level. um, In fact, this is a drawing you're gonna see from me quite a bit over the course of this course. The loyalist students have already seen this from me many times. So for every aspect of life, think of yourself as being on a staircase. Sorry, it's like the worst staircase ever drawn. Okay, at the top is perfect practice. At the bottom is zero. So everyone in every aspect of your life, so let's say you have one staircase for your daily prayers. You have another staircase for your fasting. You have another staircase for your language usage. Another one is going to be for for uh, what we'd say is sort of like your amount of hope. So all the different aspects you can imagine of your life, you have a staircase and you're on some step of this staircase. Good. So for example, for prayer, the first step is to figure out where's the person consistent. Good. So let's say the person is consistent at zero. Then what they need to do is to figure out how to get to step one. Step one might be, uh you know let's say and let's say they've already memorized the 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 prayer okay but step one might be you just do prostrations and then you might increase those prostrations and then the next step might be one full prayer a day and then two three four five so forth and so on The idea being that if someone is trying to do all or nothing, they're gonna gonna fail. And so this we also see a lot of times with with converts is that converts a lot of times when they convert, they're full of excitement and such. And so they got to do everything perfect and then they crash after about four months or six months. Right. And so what does the prophet peace upon him say? What is the best of deeds? The best of deeds is the one that's consistent, even if it is small. And there, we're also getting a principle of how even Islamic law operates. One of the core philosophies of Islamic law is to develop stability in a person's life. And so think of that with fasting. Let's say you have someone who knows you're supposed to be fasting. Uh, uh, and in fact, the first step might be just knowing that you have to do something. And they know they're, they're supposed to be fasting, but they just don't have the self-discipline to do it. We might start that person with, okay, fast for two hours. Okay. And be conscious of the fact that you're fasting for two hours. Your lifelong intention is to get as close as possible to perfection. Okay. That's the marathon intention, not the not the the sprint. Make sense? So, okay, good, good. So once again, what are we saying? The key to gaining, key to yaqeen. Well, you know, I'll tell you a funny story. a very sweet, like literally a 30-second story. Uh, I had a student who, who's been Muslim for, at that point, probably like about a decade. And he can't get any motivation to pray. So then I told him, okay, uh, twice a day, just go down. No wudu, no nothing. Just go down and prostrate. And he says, are you allowed to do that? I go, man, you're doing zero right now. (laughs) Anything is better than zero. So we said the key to the yaqeen, one source is Surah Al-Hijr, which is Surah 15, Ayah 99, Ibadah. And then this is the the Hadith of Nawi. The Nawi is this one scholar from from about 800 years ago who made a number of collections that are very, very famous, the Hadith of Nawi's 40. Hadith, uh, actually, let's put this up there just for consistency. Hadith 38, and so, Establish your fard and do the nuffle. And keep increasing. Okay. And think about what that narration is saying. I become the eyes with which he sees and the ears with which he hears. And what we're saying is that as you increase in your acts of worship, it's as though you're removing your own self your own ego, and you're replacing it with a law. You're literally reducing yourself. That is the key to certainty. And so thus we see a key to uncertainty. So if we saw the key to certainty, what is a key to uncertainty? Uh, did that say 40 or 42? son? Uh, uh, I'm not understanding the question. The key to uncertainty is narcissism. The more focus you have on yourself. And what we're going to see as we go through all this, narcissism is the key to just about everything wrong. So, what is narcissism? Narcissism is excessive focus on yourself. And so, even think about that. <laughs> I'm putting my face on the ground for Allah. There's, even from a symbolic perspective, there's almost nothing more, so to speak, uh, humiliating or humbling or nothing more of an expression of humility than to literally put your face on the ground for, for anyone else. And then what else are you doing? You're acting in obedience. So you're taking someone else's authority over your own. And so that is a, the, the essential key to certainty. And so Shaitan, the king of narcissism who didn't follow Allah's order, exactly. We'll be seeing that in the latter part of the, uh, of the, uh, of the course, inshallah, yeah. So, so Sana, to answer your question, yeah, so, so just a, a little brief, um, uh, let's go back to the screen so as not to confuse everyone. So in this collection, there's 42 narrations and yet it's called the 40 Hadith of Nawawi. So this all goes back to the Prophet, peace be upon him, is reported to have said that if you memorize 40 Hadith, then you are a scholar. And from there, this whole tradition arose where scholars throughout the centuries, all the way through to today, but throughout the centuries have been compiling collections of 40 Hadith, going sifting through all the material, collections of 40 Hadith on particular topics. Here's 40 Hadith about marriage. Here's 40 Hadith about war here's 40 hadith about calling people to Islam here's 40 hadith about about character and so Nabawi's collection of 40 hadith uh, well, I don't have to scroll all the way up is basically he's trying to give 40 hadith giving a comprehensive picture of Islam although technically it is 42 narrations and 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 but it's still given the title of, of 40. Okay, okay, very good. So finishing off, in fact, let's go right back. Sorry for for all the screen shares. Uh, We've now seen six attributes of the people of Takwa. And so just to repeat, what are they? They believe in the unseen, they establish prayer, the spend of what we have provided for them. They believe in what has been revealed to the Prophet, peace be upon him, they believe in what was revealed to those before him, and they are certain of the hereafter. And then what is said about these people? They are on guidance. And they are successful. <inaudible> they are on guidance from their Lord and they're successful, which is also what it said at the beginning anyway. This is the book, no doubt, guidance for those people who have taqwa. So if you have taqwa, you have these six attributes, and if you have these six attributes, you have guidance. So now we have a goal. The goal is to become like the people of taqwa. And so, number one, what if I don't have taqwa? Am I going to get any guidance in the Quran? Yeah, obviously you are. But it's kind of like right from the start, we're saying there's two levels of guidance. One level is how to get taqwa, and then a deeper level of guidance from the exact same words as guidance for those people who have taqwa. And then there's deeper and deeper levels all from the same words. And then those people are the ones who are successful. So what is the success of the people of taqwa? How would you answer that question? Any thoughts?
3: guessing by uh, gaining a lost pleasure or entering heaven?
0: Yeah, I would say both of those. Success of the people of Taqwa. In the afterlife, it's paradise. And then even better, within paradise, it's to be with God. to see Allah. And then in this life, it's Allah's pleasure. And think about what that means. It means you are pleased with Allah. So what does it mean for me to be pleased with Allah? It means... Ya Allah, whatever you give to me, I'm pleased with. If today you give me ease, I'm pleased with that. If tomorrow you give me struggle, I'm pleased with that. If you give me ease, that makes my life more comfortable, and then I increase in gratitude to you. If you give me struggle, I know that wipes away my sins as long as I persevere from it, which again brings me closer to you. And so that's a level to aspire to. And so what else are we just ending that? This is contentment in the heart. So the success of the people of Taqwa is not only on the other side, but in this side too. So you might have one person of Taqwa who lives in complete poverty, and you have another person who has Taqwa who, uh, who lives the life of a billionaire. Okay. And it's hard to tell who is actually closer to Allah. That is a condition of the heart. Okay. So to get the framing, I'm going to be drawing the heart quite a bit for different purposes. So here's your heart right here. And what is in your heart? It is your Iman. Okay. And then, let's see. What is protecting your heart? That is Tukwot. Worst drawing ever. Okay. So taqwa is the shield protecting your iman. So if you don't work to develop taqwa, it's like you're leaving your iman as a jewel that can vanish at any moment, and you don't even notice it. Okay, so having said that, any questions about anything? Anything at all? Anyone? I don't know if Santiago's here. Santiago is our first question, Guy.
2: I am here with so Hey much. Santiago, how are you doing? Good. Um, I don't know. I, I don't. What What is one thing you would tell somebody to, to do, like, like now, to to get on this on this path of to be a person of Taqwa?
0: Uh, to be a person of Taqwa, I would say is whatever level a person is at in terms of their daily prayers. Work on increasing that.
2: If you if you do the five daily prayers, then what what goes after that?
0: Okay, good. And in fact, a better answer for that would probably be to fast in the month of Ramadan because Ramadan fasting is literally taqwa. You're putting yourself on guard. So when we speak of, for example, the um, so so there's levels. Oops. of acts of worship. So Ibadah would translate as worship or would translate it as acts of worship. And so we have farḍ, we have Sunnah, then we have Nuffel. So for example, for the five daily prayers, and this is in, in a couple of the different schools of law. So let's say you have this, it's it's not necessarily in this order. Um, or in fact, let me do it like this. Okay, so there's essentially three levels of, of acts of worship. And let me draw a line so as to... So if these are the main daily prayers. Where are you spelling? Um, So this is how many rakats. So each one is one rakat. And so Zohar would be... And then, depending upon the school. And then again, depending upon the school, we have this. Wither is its own category. It's sort of like Fard, okay. That's the five daily prayers. And then there's also in the middle of the night.
1: Okay.
0: And then there's even more on top of that. So each letter is one unit, one rakat. Okay. And so, so the point is there's even more. There's more right here. There's more right here too okay. that a person can do just to increase these. And so we'd be increasing the quantity as well as the quality. So how do I increase the quality? So let's say all I do in my day right now, let's say this is all I do. Okay. You know, because it's iftar time, so it's easy for me to do that. Um, how do I increase the quality of it? Number one is I do it more slowly, more consciously. Okay. And relate to that, I'm developing an understanding of the meaning of everything that I'm saying. And in terms of my heart, I'm trying to make my yearning as strong as I can. A lot of times when students are complaining about being unable to concentrate, It's because usually your yearning is is distracting you as opposed to helping you like, all right, I got to get this work done, I got to get that work done. And so try to get a focus of yearning. The ideal yearning is to get closer to Allah. Sometimes that is harder, but with fasting, the hunger you have with fasting is giving you a taste of yearning, like you're yearning for food. And so with each of your prayers, you try to keep your yearning that only Allah can answer as focused as possible. So those would be different ways.
2: Wow, that's awesome. Um, I, I wanted to ask, like, um, for some reason, I thought that the, well, also, I'm not really sure what is the difference. What is, what is Kayam? And is that? Is that the,
0: the that's, the that's the That's the Hajj, Yeah.
2: Okay. A- and I wanted, for some reason, I thought it was supposed to be an uneven number. Like I, I read that it, like, it makes up for the uneven maghrib or something.
0: So, so Witter is, is, is uneven. So that's often the very, very last prayers or the, you know, the, you're, you're praying those at the very end. So like, for example, if I plan to get up in the middle of the night and do yeah, the hajj, then I should hold off on the wither and do that at the very end.
2: Uh, yeah.
0: okay. And those are, those are smaller uh, details. You know, it depends on where a person is at because often we're also, also talking about precision in all these things getting better, more and more precise. Uh, in terms of fasting so this is based on whether or not a person is physically able so there's the fasting of Ramadan so that's farb. Uh, and then there's a couple days where you're not supposed to fast like Eid and so a companion goes to the prophet peace be on him and says I can do more than this and so then he was prescribed The three middle days of every month. They're called the white days in the Islamic months. Uh, Why? Because that's when the moon is at the fullest. And so it's like everything is brighter. And then he says, I can do more than that. And so the prophet says, all right, what if you do Monday and Thursday of every week? And then the companion says, I can do more than that. And he says, what if you do the fast of David? which is every other day. So. And then what if we speak about charity? You have the zakats, which is your absolute minimum. Good. And then you have all types of different ways of doing sadaqa. Okay, and so better than the, uh, would be giving your surplus would be good. Okay, as students, you may not have very much surplus. And then you have some people who give more. Wealth and time. And then some people also give sadaqa with their behavior. for example smiling Good. right yeah exactly yeah here i'll give you sodaka what about in terms of character so what's the bare minimum what's what's mandatory honesty okay Keep your commitments, keep your trusts. If people give you secrets, keep them. No slander, no slander, no gossip. Most of this, as you'll see, is is matters of the tongue. And then what would be a step above all that? Politeness. in the way you speak. And then it goes on and on and on. There we can speak about service, we can speak about justice, all those things. Yeah. Cool, makes sense? Okay, show on. Any other questions about anything at all? Let's see. So, uh, Rabab is saying, so it's surrendering to what is in the moment and accepting it. Um, what is it that you're referring to? I want to say yes. Otherwise, and we'll wait for Bob. But any other questions about anything at all? In gaining taqwa, yeah, I think that's a good way to describe taqwa. Uh, surrendering to what is in the moment, accepting it, and when relevant, doing something. Either according to what is commanded or according to what is right. any other questions my husband has not has a not related question your husband is free to ask his not tupla related question <laughs>
3: you
0: want to ask it? all right assalamu
3: alaikum um yeah i just i've been reading in the news about that young lady who i think is the last six months this is like a, a islamic law type of question now it's a young lady who was was kidnapped, unfortunately, and taken into a sex slave. But then she, later in life, as she got older, she ended up killing her kidnapper, right? So Islamic law, would she be deemed as a murderer?
0: That's a really good question. Uh, I think um, we could probably categorize that potentially in self-defense. Correct, yeah. You know? I mean, so there's even different levels of murder, right? There's like the whole right. premeditated for no purpose. And so potentially uh, it might get categorized as self-defense.
3: That's what I was thinking, but it's yeah. just such a slippery slope, just the question itself.
0: Yeah, yeah, it is. I mean, uh, uh, I, I remember that case because I think there's also a documentary about her right now, and then she yeah. didn't even approve of the documentary apparently, like some people do it right. without her permission. So she's getting used in all kinds of different ways. All
3: sorts of financial benefit for her no. about her. Yeah, it's ridiculous. But-
0: yeah, and so I think we'd have to look at the the, the specifics of the moment also, you know? right? Uh, but I think potentially we could uh, probably make the case that it's self-defense.
3: I agree,
0: okay. thank sure. you. Absolutely. Any other questions? Will you have a course in the validity of the Quran? Okay, what does that mean? Dominion. Because okay, we will get to some of that when we get to Ayah 23 and 24. So basically how to tell if the Quran
1: is the word of God, et cetera, what are some evidence for it, things like that.
0: That we'll touch on on briefly uh, when we get to Ayah 23, inshallah. Good. Any other questions about anything at all?
1: Um, I do have one. So uh, are there... Are there second? Is there secondary causation?
0: Does yeah? Okay, so so you as a philosophy uh, as a philosophy major, explain further uh, for everyone else. What do you mean by secondary causation? Because the answer is both yes and no, but the answer is ah. essentially yes.
1: Yeah.
0: Um. Primary causations, God
1: caused everything, right? Uh, secondary causations, God started it and it runs on its own by the laws by, by like physical laws.
0: Mm-hmm. So when we go, uh, go back to the, the lectures, I forgot what lecture number it is. Um, when we're discussing you alone, we worship you alone, we ask for help in the middle of the first surah. Mm-hmm. We spoke about different levels of faith. And so the answer to question will relate less on, okay, what is objective reality versus what is your perception of reality? Okay. And so I could be someone who's living in the realm where everything seems like cause and effect. So I take this medicine because the doctor's telling me, and then it causes a change in my my body, which is then removing illness. Okay, so that's one level of causation. A person of deeper level of faith will say that, will will say or understand reality that I'm taking this medicine, but the actual whether or not this is going to help me is going to be up to God. Right. And it could be that the same, another person with the exact same illness takes the exact same medication and it helps. Them, But it doesn't help me, you know, just like you have two people who smoke like chimneys their whole lives. One person Mm -hmm. gets emphysema. The other person does not. Okay. And so there now it's dependent on Allah's will, a deeper level of faith. All that matters is God. And so it depends on what level of faith someone is at.
1: Okay. Is Is it, so is it the case that the creation of the universe or the creation of anything at all by God is the act of creation is a mystery, right?
0: Um, uh, to whom?
1: Well, so I guess I'm assuming this position here. So is God timeless?
0: Uh, God is not limited by time. Okay. So he might be outside of time. He might be inside of time, but he's not limited by, by time or the rules of physics or anything like that. Okay. God is also I- not even limited by the fact that he is not limited. I'll have to take some time understanding that. But um, I had a
1: intense debate in, at college with two friends. Um, one was arguing that God did not enter into time to create anything, and the other was arguing that God did enter into time to create anything. The first mm-hmm. who argued that God did not enter into time argued on the grounds that God is a necessary being. Necessity means that you do not change entering into time means you change because creation is an act of change. Whereas yeah, exactly. they like, well, if he created, or if he did not enter into time, then there would be no creation. So how do you explain creation,
0: right? Yeah, I think uh, both of those uh, have their own flaws in the arguments. I mean, if we go with the argument that God is not limited by anything, so yeah. then he may be in time, he may be outside of time.
3: So.
0: Okay. This, assume that time, this assumes that time is something real as opposed to something we all just imagine.
3: Right.
0: <sighs> I'm not certain of that. <laughs> there is a surah that is called time. It's also surah al thal- insan, which is surah number 76. And there's also teaching of the prophet, peace be upon him, where he says, do not curse time because God is time. And, and how is that understood? One way it's understood is that time is a reference point, And the ultimate reference point is Allah. Right, and there's another surah, surah 103, that that speaks of just the fact that time is passing by really quickly. But uh, yeah, Allah might be working within time, outside of time. He might be working within physics, outside of physics. Allah knows best. (laughs) I like your silence. (laughs) Any other (laughs) questions (laughs) about anything at all? Otherwise, if there are no other questions, we will stop for today, inshallah. And let me just make sure I save these whiteboards because I keep forgetting. And once again, if anyone wants to share their notes, uh, sometimes uh, because uh, undergrad sleeping schedules are upside down, a lot of people are oversleeping. Um, um, uh, if you're willing, you know, send them over to me and I'll, I'll post them in the notes and such, but otherwise. We'll stop right here. Subhanakallahumma <speaking> bihamdika <in> nashhadu <foreign> wa la ilaha illa anta, nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilaik. Subhanakallahumma bihamdika, nashhadu wa la ilaha illa anta, nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilaik. Subhanakallahumma, glory to you, O Allah, Bihamdika praise and gratitude are to you. Nashhadu wa la ilaha illa anta, we bear witness there is no God but you. Nastaghfiruka, we seek your forgiveness, wa natubu ilaik, and we turn to you. Okay, may Allah tell you, reward you all, inshallah, and we'll see you tomorrow. Assalamu alaykum warahmatullahi wabihamd